You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I'm joined today by a dear, dear friend and just badass businesswoman, Sarah Zapp, who is the CEO and founder of Beyond Board. Sarah, thank you for joining me. Yay! You are always such a sparkle, Laurel, and you you are my favorite thing, which is a rising tide. You like to lift everybody up with you, so it's such a pleasure to be with you. Well, you know that you're one of my favorite humans and the work that you're doing is so important. So we had to have this conversation so we could share what it is that you're doing with our community. So with that, will you just give us a little bit of a breakdown of the organization? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had background in in TV. Like I started off in national entertainment, political reporter for Comcast and thought that was going to be my world and then reinvented myself and went to go work for a startup. And there I really learned about the power of of community and helped build out a national thought leader uh, program and an investor relations program for a members only um, organization of young professionals. And then I started to take a look at uh, who is really impacting today's biggest companies, who is really at the top, who can kick the CEO out of multi-billion dollar companies, who is setting the vision, who is looking at the strategy that gives a thumbs up or thumbs down when something is going wrong. And that's boards. Those are board of directors of these top companies. And people who are board members have had exceptional careers as business leaders. So I really started off building Beyond Board as a top community for today's best board members and board eligible executives. Our whole goal was create a new who you know, because 75% of companies and up to 90% of public companies find their board members to who you know, mm-hmm. I realized who you know looks a lot like you. I happen to know a lot of white girls. That's just me. That's what I look like. You know, a lot of boards were filled with a lot of older white men. Not a problem with that. But who do they know? They know people that look like themselves. And so I wanted to create a new who you know of diverse ethnicity, gender experiences, um, community around that criteria and, and, and level of leadership of being a board member so that people could begin to have a new who you know when you started to think about, hey, who's outstanding that should be on my board that doesn't look like everyone else? Hey, we've got some holes in our board. I always say diversity is whatever you don't have. That's what diversity is. And so um, where can I go now for, for a vetted pool of amazing candidates who may not look like me, but are absolutely essential to running a business and can provide a diverse contribution to our board. So that was the premise of how we started to build Beyond Board, first and foremost as a community. I love on your website, one of the things that you say is giving you a seat in the room where it happens. It's very like Hamlet-esque or uh, it Hamilton-esque. Is. <laughs> it is. It, it is. And, I, and I'm hoping they don't come after me after that. <laughs> um, but, but in fact, um, our, the, the person who leads our communications and PR <laughs> was exactly like, that's fair. That, that's Hamilton. I was like, yes, it is. Yep. I like it. it, it it's good. And you started the organization right around when all of this legal was coming to the table about having a specific number of minority diverse candidates on your board. Was that just, was that intentional or was that just good luck? 
you know what? Um, it's nice to have a bit of the timing. I could see that it was important. I had no idea that, um, and you know, the legislation um, started to come up like right after that it was passed. I had no idea the full life that this was going to take on. And then couple that with, you know, the Black Lives Movement and couple that with uh, additional huge pushes by private constituencies. We started this and we saw this mission long before it was necessarily trendy or apropos, but we had the foresight to see because it was at the heart of what we were doing. Bringing diversity to boards was our mission. We wanted to approach that with community and great content. And then we have a unique ability to place people on boards to, to fit, fit that mission. But I had no idea that it would become not just mm, a nice to have, but really now it is an absolute must have. And at the end of the day, it's absolute good business to have a better uh, representation of diversity on a board. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, I don't know if you know any of those statistics off the top of your head. My guess is that you do know several. But can you just share with us why uh, diversity on boards is so critically important to the health and wellness of companies, both from a culture standpoint and from a financial standpoint? Well, first of all, let's look at it from a from a good business angle. Number one, when you have people who have a different background, skill set, upbringing, um, even consumer insight, number one, you have someone that can pull out your blind spots. You know, you're really combating groupthink when you take a look at when everyone's sitting around the table. If you have a different approach, different background than than everyone else, you can help combat that groupthink. You can ask better questions, uh, things that may just have seemed obvious um, to to everyone else in the room because there's a lot of similarity there maybe a big red flag to someone else who has a different background. Um, number two, talk about better consumer insights, right? You're, you're, you're having products that, that are marketed towards the, the Latino community, for example. The Latino community is the fastest growing uh, you know, community right now in, in the business space. It is one of the largest consumer bases uh, groups. And, and to have someone that can understand that would be extremely beneficial if nobody else you know, in your room has that kind of background if you're if you're trying to hit that particular sort of consumer. So there are many things that you can take a look at. It's really about bringing that person who has a different point of view and different skill set to the table so that they can ask better questions, so that they can give better pushback, so that they can offer innovative solutions that other people haven't considered, so that they can offer key data points and consumer insights that haven't been considered. Because those big strategic questions, pushbacks, um, is exactly what the board is there for. They're mm -hmm. supposed to do that for all the C-suite leadership, for the CEO and everyone else. And then it's up to them to go and execute it. But if no one's asking those questions and making them accountable, then, then it do doesn't happen. And it's not necessarily for lack of trying. Everyone's working so hard. So that's why you have the board that sits higher up and can really take a look at those um, bigger levels on a visionary standpoint. And I love that you talk about accountability because that's really, I think, the biggest challenge right now with boards. While this legislation has come to light and is mandating a, you know, a certain percentage, there's not as much accountability as it relates to the follow-up. What do you see changing in that, in that uh, kind of perspective? Is there going to be policing of these boards or is it up to organizations like you to do that work? So there, there are different approaches to this. Um, and people... I have been shocked. Like I thought it was kind of a no-brainer that people right. would be pro uh, diversity. That is not the case. So first of all, let's clarify a few things. Number one, this isn't putting someone diverse on your your board. 
at the cost of putting a, a poor candidate on there, um, right. of lowering your standards. That That's not what this is about. And what we've found, and people say, oh, I just can't really find those sorts of candidates out there. There's no oh, one really yes. qualified. You need to have more conversations. I'm sorry, you're not talking to enough people. Your little homogenous group of where you're finding your talent from is just not broad enough. And so, uh, you, you know, I want to make sure that they have more of those conversations, right? Look, at the end of the day, I want you to find the best board member. Put every other box that you need to check aside. I want you to find the best board member for what you need. And I think that you can find that that also additionally comes in a different package than what everyone else looks like currently on your board. So there are two different ways it's being approached. Number one, it's being state um, mandated by legislation. And you've seen California really push on that. At first, it was mm-hmm. to have at least, you know, one woman um, uh, on a board or two women on a board uh, if the board was, I think, nine people or more. And then it switched. You needed to have a woman and then you need to have someone who represented, quote, a diverse background. And to use the California state of legislation definition of that, it is someone who um, is um, an ethnic minority, uh, black, indigenous, Caucasian, um, or and or someone who comes from an LGBTQ background. So that can be male or female. So then you've got now these two um, legisla- legislatively required um, regulations for your board if you're publicly traded and headquartered in California. One, you have to have a woman, and two, you have to have a diverse member. So that could be a man or a woman that hits those extra diversity uh, check boxes. And then right, you but see who's who's policing that is my question. Yeah, so 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 that's being so they are getting fined by the uh, state okay. if their if their um if their boards do not meet that. So right. we have had countless boards come to us because you know what? Guess what? Just finish up. 2020, 2021 is coming up. They didn't have that. So now all of a sudden they're hitting their panic button. Some companies are just paying the fine. Other companies um, are, are definitely moving along and trying to do that. Let me give you another example of an approach. In the state of Illinois, they tried to pass the same sort of thing as California. And you know what? That didn't go over very well. So they took a little different approach. They're saying, you know what? We can't make you put a diverse person on your board. But you know what we can do? We can scarlet letter you if you don't. And so and so basically what they're trying to say is they're publishing reports of companies who just aren't doing this, right? right. So they're saying, fine, do whatever you want to do, but let's make sure that everyone knows exactly where you stand. So that right. was a different approach that, that, that Illinois took, right? Because there is some pushback and there actually has been lawsuits against the state of California saying that these diversity mandates are illegal. And so um, California, seeing Illinois take a different approach, they're going to say, hey, we're just going to publicly show the world exactly who you are and where you stand. And then let all of your uh, consumers decide if they're okay with that or not. Mm-hmm. And and that was an interesting approach. And then you see, you know, really the private constituencies and the investors are really the ones who are putting the heat under the fire. And these are all the big top private equity firms. These This is the Goldman Sachs saying, I will not... IPO, any company that does not have a woman on the board. This is all the top private equity firms. I spoke with Carlisle and uh, Blackstone. They are mandating minimum 30% uh, women and diverse representation on all of their portfolio companies going forward. So now you're getting it different ways. There are states that are saying you have to do it. There are other states that are saying, fine, don't do it, but we're just going to show the whole world exactly who you are so everyone knows. And then you have these, you know, big private um, investors and capital backers that are saying, hey, just letting you know, 
we're not putting your money into you if you don't do this. So it's, right. it, it's your choice. And so you start it, you start seeing that people are taking various different approaches. And, and to me, that says all of them agree to one degree or another, you need to have better diverse representation. There's just disagreement on how to get people to do that and, and, and what the, the penalty should be if you're not doing it. Awesome. We're going to take a really quick break. and we come back, I want to talk about the placement side of it and your relationships and how you've really built this organization. So stay tuned. We are thrilled that you've joined us here on the Elevate Your Brand podcast. But did you know we have a ton more useful content on our blog page? Make sure to go to elevatemybrand.com and check out the tips and tricks that we share with you every week on how to elevate your brand via marketing, advertising, branding, messaging, social media, you name it, we've got your back. Hi, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with my dear, dear friend, Sarah Zapp, who is the CEO and founder of Beyond Board. I mean, you are so passionate about this conversation. Uh, it's so appropriate that this is the, the path and the, and the um, kind of direction that you've taken. I love the, the work that you do. Obviously, I've been to a lot of your um, luncheons and events and things like that. Talk a little bit about... Um, about community and about how people who are diverse, who are listening into this conversation can build out their communities and get involved and potentially be placed on boards. Because I think that's the big question and why people are listening to this conversation today. You know, I have to tell you something funny. I think we've come up with a unique approach uh, of community and then how we can do board placement and really help companies find great new board members. And everyone's like, oh, this is brilliant. Did you always plan this? I'm like, yeah, I didn't exactly 100% see how this was going to come together. But I do know this. I, I started with what I was passionate about and what I knew. And I know community and I know content. And so what we started to do was build that community and content um, uh, also around curation, who we let in. I was like, this is a community beyond board for board members and board eligible executives. What is the content that these people want to hear? There are lots of places you can go and hear about audit committee and governance and that sort of thing. But our board members, they wanted to hear from Katie Couric, latest insights into media. They want to hear from Tim Draper um, about investing. And they want to hear from Janice Bryant Howroyd, the first African-American woman to own and run her a billion dollar company in the United States. We talked with Ashton Kutcher about tech investing. We're talking with Sarah Fryer, who's the CEO of Nextdoor and sits on the board of Walmart and Slack. These are the sorts of thought leaders that our board members, they want to access, they want to ask questions to, they want to have in their back pocket um, when, they're, when they're leading these various different boardrooms. And then two, you know, we really thought about, you know, curating it. We are going to make an effort that while we're helping with women and diversity, we have men in the room, white men in the room. I would have put purple elephants in the room, anybody in the room, but I think creates opportunity and makes business better. And that's what we wanted to be. This is not an us versus them, the old guard versus the new guard. This is about everybody coming together. People currently in board positions, people who want board positions, people who are leading businesses and saying, hey, let's get you great talent that doesn't look like everyone else on your board so that you can do better business and make more money. End of story. 
<laughs> mic drop on that one. I mean, boom, right? Uh, <laughs> what is your advice to people who are just starting to come up in this world? Uh, you know, as you were saying earlier, there's been a lot of pushback, people saying they just can't find the right candidates, with you, which you and I both know is total BS. Um, but how can someone who is board ready and who has the right resume and who is a diverse candidate, how can they best ready themselves for these types of positions? So there's several different ways. So first of all, um, I think you kind of need to understand who you are as a potential board candidate. What is your board narrative? And by that, I mean, what are your strengths? Are you an ab, you know, are you an operational rock star, marketing rock star? Are you a, um, a digital transformation expert? I think it's really helpful for you to first kind of understand what you are as a potential board member, because it really is a different vibe and feel than just your professional resume and rundown. Totally. So, and so once you kind of understand who you are, then it, it helps, it helps people help you. Meaning once you kind of understand who you are, then other people can share that brand. You're in control of what the narrative is because then they'll start to suggest you and that sort of thing, uh, top of mind when they make introductions for you. So first really kind of figuring out who you are. Second of all, listen, 75% of companies and up to 90% of public companies find their board members through who they know. This is a networking game. This is a seed planting approach. This is a numbers game in terms of how many conversations you have until that one connection comes and boom, that door is opened. So when it comes to that, it is really about number one, Look at your own network. Start hitting people up who are in the private equity space. Start hitting people up who are CEOs and founders of companies. Start hitting up other potential board members. You would be shocked at who you currently have in your own network. You don't know them off the top of your head? Sit down and go through your own LinkedIn. Take right. a look at it first and send out emails and say, quote, I'm having board exploratory conversations. Who do you think I should talk to? You are not saying, hey, I want to get on a board now. What do you got for me? No, no, yes. no, 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 no. <laughs> um, before and, jumping into bed, right? It's the same right. thing when you're looking for a job. You take informationals, you get connected to many, as many people as possible. But to your point, you narrow your focus and you're super clear on who you are and almost more importantly, who you're not, right? Who you're not going after so that you can focus in on the kinds of relationships and companies that you'd be a good fit for. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the thing. You also have to signal your intentionality. You could be a rock star, but Nobody knows that, that you're interested in a board. Nobody understands necessarily what your board qualifications are. So you, it is in charge, you are in charge of creating that narrative of, you know what? I am an incredible board candidate. I am seeking a board position. Putting that intentionality out there because people could know you as a great CEO, or CMO, or whatnot, but it may never even dawn on them that you hold board positions or that you'd like to hold board positions. You need to be intentional um, with that as well. And then finally, on the back end, is you've got to be able to, to deliver when, when when they do come to you. Once you know who you are and you've put yourself out there networking, um, you know, and that's you know, for example, um, uh, you know, I know uh, Laurel, you're you're a great executive, but you also did some of the back end and took some of these, there, there are these great board readiness sorts of courses out there, you know, everything from UCLA and Harvard to Stanford to, to courses you can take through, you know, um, 
NACD. And so there are a lot of organizations if you just want to feel a little bit better prepared once you get to the table. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how prepared you are if you don't have the opportunity. So um, really, you know, kind of getting yourself in that order of your materials and your narrative, and then really networking. And and again, not only networking focus-wise of, you know, the people who have those opportunities, um, but also in various different pools and various different sorts of um, organizations and, and people who can really put you in front of other people on which you can form relationships. Because when someone recommends someone for a board, that's the first thing people do when they're looking for board members. They don't go to a recruiter. They don't go somewhere. They go internally. The head of the nominating committee sits down and is like, okay, kids, who do we got? Who do you know? That's how it always starts. And so they kind of put together a list of internal candidates uh, uh, of who everyone knows and suggests around the board. And then the nominating committee kind of looks into them. And if they realize, hey, no one here is perfect for us, then they start going outside and looking for um, you know, outside help and that sort of thing. So to even be on the radar so that your name comes up in these nominating committees um, you know, is, is, is something that's in, important. It'll first and foremost probably come on people's mind because you're a great leader. Um, but then second of all, to really have that board, thing, um, you know, um, intentionality out there. Yeah. But I have to say that, you know, the other thing too is, you know, what's hard. It's getting that first board position mm-hmm. and because everybody vets future board positions on current ones. A prime example, talking to this powerhouse woman, um, executive of a huge media company down in um, Miami, one of the top Latina executives out there. And she said, you know, Sarah, I got a board position on um, a big, you know, Fortune 500 company. I won't say the name. Huge name. Everybody knows this brand. Everybody has, has, has bought something from this brand at one point or another. And she said, After I got that public board position, she got maybe 12 other offers within three months for a public board position. She said, I was no more qualified three months before having this one public board position than I was afterwards. But it was the visibility. It is the the perception that this top... Fortune 500 company vetted her. So if they put a seal of approval on her that she should be on public board, then everybody else should too. And you know how she got that? She got it through an introduction. She got it through a warm lead. Someone's like, hey, this woman's a powerhouse. We should talk to her. Your first board position is always going to be the most important because it opens the flood doors. And you're going to get it because someone brings up your name. Someone goes to the table for you very, very rarely does it come out of the blue from a recruiter or whatnot. It can. That's usually because you have just such a, a unique industry expertise or such a super unique niche combo of skills that they can basically, you know, bo- uh, boolean search and a keyword search and find you for. Normally, those first ones come from someone who's like, look, this is an amazing executive. She checks the boxes. I want to work with her or I want to work with him. And that's what a lot of boards are about that people don't know. It's about a cultural fit. I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, look, I don't want to be in a boardroom with anyone who I'm not willing to sit next to on a flight from LA to New York. Right, or have drinks dinner with. Right? For sure. <laughs> because you know what? It is not always fun. And if I don't, if, I, if, if you're not easy going enough and I can't get along with you, then it is not worth any amount of expertise you bring to the table. For sure. We're going to take another quick break. And then I know you have so many amazing networking tips and tricks. So we're going to talk about those and give away some of the secrets. So stay tuned.
If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very likely that you've worked with a marketing agency that hasn't really worked out. That's why Elevate My Brand has developed our roadmap to marketing process. We use an extremely data-driven approach to show you exactly what your competitors are doing in the omnichannel space so that we can develop a strategy and tactical approach to success in your marketing. Call us today and let's get mapping. All right, Sarah, chatting with you about Beyond Board is one of my favorite conversations. You know, I just adore you and I adore the work that you do. It's so important, actually. It's not even about adoration. It's about admiration for the work and the the, the stake you've put in the ground on supporting diverse candidates for be- these board positions. And I know you personally are one of the most connected, networked humans I have ever been around. And you know, coming from me, that is a major statement because I'm pretty connected. Um, <laughs> you are super connected. I think I learned from you. Oh, I, I mean, girl, I think that you've taught me more, but we can argue that over our next drinks. Um, you've shared with me a couple of really great tips over the years in terms of how to get connected and stay connected to people. Can you, would you, would you be willing to share a few of those tips today? Sure. You know, um, I, I, I did a, a talk and actually you were with me uh, down at the national um TED conference, this mm-hmm. one was specifically for, for women down uh, in Palm Springs, California. And I worked with the, the COO of uh, Morgan Stanley and helped to put together a workshop there. And it was really about the concept that um, there's a difference between networking and relationship building. Totally. And that is the first thing that people need to understand. You need to be in the relationship building game. I don't like networking, relationship building, and there are really differences. You know, relationship building is, is a journey. Networking is a destination. Relationship building is a marathon. Networking is a sprint. You know, relationship building um, does it, you, you know, has endless potential. Networking is agenda driven. Mm-hmm. People can smell networking the way that sharks smell blood in the water. <laughs> I mean, it, they know it when you're just there to collect a card, when you just need something from someone. So just, just keep that in mind. Second thing is you need to think about what your your thesis is, your approach, just something simple. How do you approach human interaction? How do you approach every person you come across? Emails, whether it's my favorite Cindy at the gas station or whatever it is, you need to think about that because how you approach someone, because you never know who they are or what they could do for you, means a lot. My personal thesis there is around a Maya Angelou quote. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. People will never forget how you made them feel. And when I think about how do I want to make you feel? I want to make you feel good. I want to make you feel valued. I, you know, that's, that's what I think every time I come across someone. And just that basic approach to everybody that I meet has, has served me well so far. You know, and then the other thing is always be a person that has something to offer. Totally. Not something to ask. Totally. Every time. I mean, come, how, Laurel, how many times do we see people lead with a, what can you do for me? Hey, I just needed you to, hey, can you, can you? And you're like, wait a minute, whoa, I don't even know you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa. And it's not that we're, we don't want to help. It's not that we're not helpful people. But especially if you're trying to get to those really upper level people, you need to come to the table with an offer. Yeah. Can you, uh, you know, offer to help do an introduction for them? Can you send them information? And sometimes it's hard to help people who have everything in the world, but it's the intentionality of you're here to give first, not to take, you know, and these are, you know, and these are certain things that really find organically starts to um, create your brand as a person that really ends up getting opportunity because of the opportunity they provide, because of the way that they make you feel, because they're in it for... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in it for the long game, not the short game. Yeah. So those are kind of, you know, a few key things when you really start thinking about, um, you know, relation uh, relationship building. Well, I have to say, Sarah, you're, you're one of the best in the business, in my opinion. You always make everyone you talk to feel like they are the most important person in the room. I don't care if they're the cleaning lady or <laughs> the CEO of a major Fortune 500 company. You don't give a shit. You're like, everyone is a human and I'm here to connect with everyone that uh, that I feel like I can support. And I just so honor that. So thank you. And, and I have to let people know, opportunities come from the person you least expect it totally. to. Yep. And and if you read Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, he talks about it's weak connections in your life that bring you the love of your life, that new job or whatnot. It's not the, the tightest, closest connections in your life because they're, they're too similar to you. You all kind of run in the same pool. So it's kind of some of those other weaker connections that end up bringing to you what you wouldn't necessarily expect. That kind of happened to me. We, we had invited a guy who runs a, a family office to one of our Beyond Board um, events. And he, you know, he's always kind of out there working with different portfolio companies. He knew me. I actually had taken a meeting with his uh, girlfriend about a job opportunity, just, just friendly, nothing in common. Fast forward down the road, he was working on one of the most exciting SPACs, you know, special purpose mm-hmm. acquisition companies to, to come out in, in uh, 2021. And the headlines just hit all over Wall Street Journal, Hollywood Reporter, whatnot. It's called Mission Advanced Corporation, and it's got Colin Kaepernick and the people behind it. You know, they, they ended up getting as as um, you know some of the uh, notable advisors: Ben Horowitz of Andreessen, Honest Company's wow. Brian Lee, um, you know Ava DuVernay. And he's talking to he's talking to me. He's like, "Hey, I think we need some help with this." Long story short, he came to us. What did we do? We gave them three directors, and we gave them three advisors for this all of them minority and women on this incredible $250 million SPAC with this kind of leadership. We've got the CEO of Birchbox, uh, you know, Google head of global brands and consumer marketing, Attica um, Jockis, um, one of the head of board members of CalPERS, Stacey Olivares, you know, and then we've got these powerhouse directors, former CFO of Macy's who sits on the board of Bristol-Myers Squibb and Accenture, amazing Rochelle Parham who sits on the board of um, Best Buy, um, Valerie Mosley, um, I- incredible investor. And so you take a look at it and who would have known um, that it was going to come from someone who had come to an event that was kind of on the outside that thought highly of me because I took a little bit of time, you know, to, to meet someone who was important to him. And then he came to us and we could deliver on the business side. We could bring you powerhouse people who quote, hey, I can't take on any more board positions because I'm too busy. But this was such an incredible opportunity to invest in mission-driven consumer um, um, businesses with these kind of mission impactful, you know, athletes and um, business people and um, influencers. And so, um, you know, it was our pleasure to be able to bring it to them. And and originally they're like, hey, we've got so many big people involved. We'll, we'll be able to find who we want. And we work so closely with their team. We're like, look, we don't, when it comes to board placement, we're really passionate. You shouldn't have to pay money up front the way recruiters charge uh, retainer fees or whatnot to meet great talent. No, just talk to more great talent. We'll do personal introductions for you. We'll walk you through. We'll walk the talent through. We'll walk the company through. And then if you place someone, we'll take a flat success fee. Very small. But you know what? Everybody wins. You didn't have to pay anything up front. You got to meet all of these amazing people. You got diverse candidates on your board. And then voila, once you've got them, 
the value's there. They're on your board. They'll help you make money and take you to the next level. And then we, we both win that way. And that. that unique approach to reinventing recruiting, that's the game changer. You build the community so we have an unbelievable database and something where we're always constantly offering things to our members. Access to these awesome speakers. Access to being able to connect with other great board members across the country through intimate um, you know, um, introductions. And, and, and then we can help these companies find these incredible different diverse candidates and we can help get our community opportunities and it's a beautiful ecosystem to address a problem we really think needs addressing in today's business world i love it sarah i always enjoy our time together you have such great energy so much passion for what it is that you do um, before we wrap things up can you just share with people how they can get in touch and get involved Yes, Beyond Board. That's B-O-A-R-D. I always say if we're B-O-R-E-D, Beyond Board, then I have done something wrong. <laughs> so it's, it's beyondboard.co, C-O. And you can see our website out there. And that's the best way to, to go ahead and take a look at what we do. We don't put our whole world out there. You can see bits and pieces um, about us. And then there's a way to inquire if you're a company who needs our help. If you're a board candidate that wants a great community and wants some help, then uh, you can always uh, reach us uh, through that. And, and me, Sarah's app, uh, Sarah with an H, Z A P P. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or connect uh, to me through our uh, beyondboard.co website. Uh, amazing. Everyone listening in, please get involved. Uh, it's an amazing organization. The content is fabulous. Sarah's obviously fabulous. Um, any final words, Sarah, that you want to share with our audience? You have obviously gotten my check in the mail. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, if I can leave you with anything, I want you to think about how you communicate with people, because that's where everything starts. What is your thesis on human communication? And for me, at the end of the day, it's led by Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And you start right there and great opportunities will grow. I love it. And I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to have drinks again very, very soon. Thank you for the work that you're doing, Sarah. And thank you for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Laura. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work yourself. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next.